Well, we're uh, in the second week of a message series called Thrive, and uh, it's based on a passage of scripture from Proverbs eleven twenty eight, which uh, was last week's memory verse, those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. And this week we're talking about stewardship, and, and I'm wondering if anybody remembered to uh, fill out the or keep track with your ledger this last week, the sheet that I put in your bulletin. Anybody? All right. One, two, yay. Three. Can I get a fourth? Anybody? All right, some of you. All right, I, we did that. Uh, sometimes I just wrote down what it was. I couldn't remember how much it cost, but uh, that's pretty good. So, uh, of course, you know, one week of tracking your spending is obviously not going to give you a very complete picture of your financial uh, finances, but the the purpose of that assignment was to raise your awareness of something that we sometimes just go about and take for granted without really giving much thought to. The Bible teaches that every person is a steward or a manager of the resources that God has given them. We're accountable for how we use what's been entrusted to us and what we do with those resources uh, that God has given us. And and in some days we use them well, in other days uh, not so so much. So, um, but the resources that we're given include money, but they're much more than money. Uh, Randy Alcorn, the writer of The Treasure Principle, says that stewardship isn't a subcategory of the Christian life. You don't have the Christian life and then this little subcategory, stewardship. Stewardship is the Christian life. After all, what is stewardship except that God has entrusted to us life. Everybody's been given a life to manage, right? Time, we all have been given time, talents money, possessions, family, and his grace. I I like that last part, that we are also stewards of God's grace, that uh, it's our responsibility to to show the grace of God uh, to others and to share it with others. And and I gave you that ledger as a way to kind of track your money this week because a good steward knows where their resources are going, right? Whether it's money or time. Uh, If you were to take that sheet, maybe some of you need more than anything, to track how you use your time. But uh, we use our time, our gifts, everything that's entrusted to us. Now, we don't use the word steward very much uh, in today's world. And you may ask somebody to watch your house while you're on vacation, but you don't say, would you steward my house while I'm gone, you know? They would look at you like you just dropped out of a time capsule or something. But uh, it's kind of an unused word for us today. But Put very simply, a steward is someone looking after or managing another's resources on that person's behalf and with that person's best interest in mind. So to steward something, uh, uh, taking care of somebody else's resources, but you're doing it with your best interest in mind, that's that's not being a good steward. So the question is, um, and that's where we come in, every person... Whether you believe in God or not uh, is a steward. We've all been given resources to manage. We have all been given a life uh, to manage and money and abilities. 
and gifts, and we're all given 24 hours a day to, to manage. So the question is, for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, is how do we do that well in a way that pleases God and accomplishes his purposes in a way that enables us to thrive? Uh, we know that that's God's will for us. And this past week I got an email advertising um, some of the new releases on the, in the iTunes e-bookstore, and one of them was An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth by Chris Hadfield. Uh, and I was interested in that because he was offering guidance to life on Earth, and I wondered if he was including God in that, so I downloaded the sample chapter. And one chapter wasn't enough to discover his views about God, which may indicate his views about God, I don't know. But I I found that his story was interesting, and I think that it's helpful for us as we think about how to be good stewards of the life that God has given us. Uh, Chris tells the story of how he first became interested in becoming an astronaut. He said that in uh, on July 20th, 1969, he and his family packed uh, into the home of a neighbor to watch the television and watch in amazement as Neil Armstrong uh, carefully stepped onto the surface of the moon. Does anybody remember that? All right, a few people are over. <laughs> a certain age, uh, but... He said that as he walked home that night and looked up the mo- at the moon, at that moment he, de- he knew what he wanted to do with his life. Uh, he wanted to be an astronaut, uh, which at that time was impossible for him to do because he was Canadian and Canada didn't even have a space agency. But it was something that he knew that he wanted for his life. And he said that as he... Um, He decided to imagine what an astronaut might do if he were nine years old and to do that. And uh, he started the very next day, and everything in his life became filtered by that one goal. And he would ask himself questions. Would an astronaut eat vegetables or potato chips? Uh, Would an astronaut go to bed uh, early Uh, and get up and read a book in the morning, or would they stay up late uh, doing something else? And from that night forward, this dream provided direction for his life. He said, I recognized, even as a nine-year-old, that I had a lot of choices and my decisions mattered. And that is true for all of us. Um, As followers of Jesus Christ... We want to make wise decisions that have the end result in view uh, when it comes to using our resources. Uh, If our end goal is to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, then what do we need to do now to have that happen? Um, We need to ask some questions. What does a good steward look like? What does a good steward do? How does that goal provide direction for my life. And today um, we're going to look at what the Bible says about how to manage our resources in a way that honors God and allows us to thrive in the ways that really matter. So if you want to pull out your message notes, uh, we're going to look at three essentials to honoring God 
as good stewards of our resources. And the first essential uh, to grow, to become a good steward of God's resources, we need to, number one, recognize God's ownership of everything that we have. Uh, as Forrest was talking about earlier, who owns it? And everything that we have comes from God. Material resources, spiritual gifts, health, time, talent, treasure. God is the owner, and everything is on loan to us. Uh, Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And the thing is, if we think that we are the source of our own blessings, then we will be tempted to use those things for our own, own purposes. But when we recognize that every good gift comes from God, then we see that we need to honor him and use his, our resources for his purposes rather than our, than our own. Um, one of my favorite writers is Dallas Willard. He's uh, written quite a few books on the kingdom of God and how to grow to maturity in Christ. And he says that when you enter the kingdom of God, when you become a Christian, your first two baby steps <clears throat> as a new believer are giving and prayer. Uh, he says those two things are the most significant indicators of how you're thinking about your kingdom. Uh, when we pray, we seek God's will, not our own. We ask him to guide us. We're surrendering our life to his direction. And giving acknowledges that not only is everything that we have from God, but that we understand that God has a lot more. Uh, in fact, that he has all that we need. And that's why this second essential to good stewardship of our resources is trust. We need to trust God to provide for you when we give what he asks of you. Trust God to provide for you when you give what he asks of you. And I think it's interesting that the chapter in the Bible, uh, just prior to those words, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it is the 23rd Psalm. And I've never used Psalm 23 as a scripture for a stewardship message before, but I was reading that last Monday with this message in mind and um, saw it from a new perspective. And it begins with this amazing affirmation of God's trustworthiness. And it's our memory verse for this week, so let's read it together. Oh, yeah, we've Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 23, 1. Who's got it memorized already? <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, another translation says, I have everything that I need. Another translation says, I lack nothing. And if we could just memorize that verse and remind ourselves of that truth when we're feeling like we lack something essential to our happiness, uh, what a difference that would make. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. Um, Jesus is sufficient for every need in your life. He's able to meet every need in your life. And that's the beginning place of trust. 
with that relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing that he's sufficient. Uh, look with me at the rest of Psalm 23, and and we're just going to read the whole thing together. I it, I didn't really ever realize how short it is. You know, this is a, a scripture that I read at almost every funeral, and we're focused on that valley of the shadow of death, you know. But there's so much more in here. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, 1 through 6. <laughs> Actually, you know, that is a, uh, it's not that hard to memorize, and it? it's such a blessing uh, to just to be able to say that. Now, as you look at those verses, oh, we, can't, we don't have it all up there at once, but um, in that description that David gives us of the Good Shepherd, uh, what do you think of the picture that he gives us? Is this a picture of a generous God or a stingy God? <laughs> a close God or a distant God? Trustworthy God or untrustworthy God? A picture of abundance or lack? Abundance. Abundance. Green pastures. You know, uh, I was reading this week that he makes us lie down in green pastures, and I think some of you might need to hear that this this morning, but um, sheep are fearful animals. <laughs> and so sometimes the shepherd has to walk around among the sheep and kind of just push them down and make them rest. Uh, maybe some of you need to hear that this morning. The Lord is your shepherd. You have everything you want. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He gives us those times of rest that we need. Um, and then... Uh, so that we lack nothing. We serve a God who's so good and cares for us so carefully. And, and I was reading um, this week that in the Hebrew language, the language that this psalm was originally written in, there's exactly 26 words prior to those words um, that you are with me and 26 words after it. And so that promise that God is with us is right there in the middle of the psalm. And whether you're experiencing the comfort of abundance in green pastures or walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now, God is with you. He's leading you. He's caring for you. You need not fear. And maybe somebody needs to hear that today, that God is with you. And he loves you. He cares about you. He's able to meet every need in your life. And, and he's saying to you this morning, just keep trusting me. Just keep walking with me. 
And, you know, this isn't just an Old Testament prom promise. There's a couple. Uh, I've just put two, but there's many more than that from the New Testament as well. In Philippians 4.19, we read, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And then Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God is so trustworthy, uh, and he can multiply back to you anything that you give to him. He, he can't be outgiven. Um, to be a good steward, we have to recognize God's ownership. Uh, we need to trust God's goodness and his willingness to provide for us. And then the third essential to being a good steward is to seek to honor and glorify God with all that you have. You were all given a dime when you came in today. Spend it wisely? No. <laughs> if I had given you, uh, that dime represents the tenth or the tithe or ten percent uh, of a dollar. If I had given you a dollar, you'd probably be all a lot more grateful. But uh, if I were to give you a dollar, what portion of that belongs to God? Well, okay, you, you all got there. The, the whole thing, everything that we have is on loan from God. And while the Bible teaches that the starting place is giving back a tithe or 10% or a tenth, God wants us to honor him in the way that we use the other 90% as well. You know, you don't just give God 10% to get on his good side and then you just waste away the other 90%. God wants us to honor him in everything and all of our resources. Uh, Randy Alcorn says in another place in his book, uh, he makes the point that five minutes after we die, we will know exactly how we should have lived. But God has given us the Bible so that we can know right now, and he gives us his Holy Spirit to empower us to live that way. And like that nine-year-old astronaut in training, we let the dream of participating in what God is doing in the world around us, direct us and guide the decisions that we use in our, about our resources every day so that we don't end, get to the end of our lives and look back and realize that we've wasted our time or money or abilities uh, in ways that don't last. And, you know, I think we've all had those times when we said, boy, that was a waste of time, or, you know, we read a book and, wow, that was a waste of time, or watched a movie, or, you know, we bought something, and we said, what a waste. And, and the thing is, none of us sets out to use our time or our resources in a way that's wasteful. We only discover in hindsight that we could have used our time or our money more wisely, made a better investment. And, and that's true in life. Uh, our decisions that we make today matter. And the Bible says that God is able to provide for us and it, when we manage our resources in ways that bring him and others and God joy. And if you look on the back of your message notes, I've uh, put some promises from Scripture there, and I hope that you'll take those home and study them with you. And what you'll see there is that God um, promises that nothing we give is unnoticed, that nothing is wasted, and that we can't outgive God.
that he promises that he'll be more generous than we can ever be. And it doesn't mean that necessarily you're going to put this X number of dollars in the plate today and tomorrow morning you're going to get ten times that. God can bless us in all kinds of ways when we are stepping out in faith. And then the other thing you'll find in your bulletin is a card. And next week we're going to be uh, turning these in. It's called an estimate of giving card because this is an estimate of your giving for the coming year. And everybody knows sometimes salaries go up, sometimes they go down, so it's an estimate. And then I'm going to say more about the imagine no malaria thing in the corner over here, but that's um, a kind of a our way to uh, tithe to missions as well as a church. So, um, But I, I'm giving you this card a week ahead so that you can take it home, pray about it, talk with your spouse about it if you're married, and so that you can come next week knowing how you want to fill this out. And I, and I am wanting you to pray about it because if you're just deciding it on your own, then you're still the one managing the resources, right? <laughs> it's when we turn to God and say, how do you want me to spend my money, that we're acknowledging his ownership of everything. And these commitments help us as a church plan for the year ahead, but uh, the real need is not money for our budget. It's for each of you and me to learn about giving because it's such a blessing in our life. God has a design for our finances, and when we follow that design, uh, he blesses us and, and um, provides for us through it. And it's through our giving that we get to see the kingdom of God made visible around us and his son Jesus Christ made known and loved by as many people as possible. So I encourage you to take that home and pray about it this week. Would you pray with me now? Our loving God, we we thank you. Um, we have so much more than we can ever begin to uh, give you praise and thanks for. We're, we're a rich people. We thank you for caring for us and providing for us, and we pray that you would help us to catch the vision of what you want to do in our homes and our finances. Um, and how you want to bless others through us, God. We thank you for this church that you have given us and the joy of seeing the children and the ministries and things that um, happen here through small groups to help us to know you and love you better. And we pray, God, that you would help each of us to see how uh, what you've given us fits into continuing to share the love of God and make his kingdom visible in the world and in this community around us. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.